Live. Let's put some music. Welcome everyone to a new episode of the Women Empowerment Series. I am so excited and honored to have with me Alex Scott, connecting from California. Good morning to you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Or good afternoon or evening. It is. <laughs> we get into the end of the day and this side of the world. But, yes. you know, the digital made it so that we can meet with yes. everyone. And I love that. Yeah, me too. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Well, welcome and welcome to everyone joining us live. Let us know where you're connecting from. These series are to uh, present female leaders from around the world who have inspiring stories and who are just here to show the way. And, you know, that through our differences, we can create beautiful, beautiful success and beautiful journey. And you are an incredible example. So I'm really, really happy to have this beautiful conversation together. Thank you. <laughs> Me too. It's going to be a good one. Yes. So uh, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Uh, I know you work on something so fascinating to everyone. Uh, and I say bonjour, people showing up. Hello. We have friends in English joining us. So Alex, tell us about you. Who are yes. you? So um, my name is Alex. Hi, friends. I am a narcissistic abuse recovery coach. So I specialize in helping people heal trauma that's left over from a narcissistic parent or partner. And I was just telling you, like, you know, I got into doing what I do today through healing my own trauma because I did have a narcissistic partner, which led me to realizing I had a narcissistic parent. And it's such a you know, I really got to where I am today because of this first initial moment I had. And I remember this so clearly where I was like, I am the common denominator. Like I am the reason these unhealthy cycles keep happening. So like what within me is participating in this dynamic and how can I make it stop? And the wow. day that I had that realization, and I remember it so well, because it was like the epitome of a rock bottom story, like crying on the floor of my Costa Mesa apartment, just being like, oh my God, this hurts so bad. Like, what am I going to do? And how am I going to just get out of this? And so that moment forward, it literally just like my life started to transform piece by piece by piece because I got really serious about understanding trauma, how it lives in the body. How do we actually heal it? What is the nervous system and how does it dictate our patterns and like all of these other things. And now, you know, seven going on eight years later, I am so honored to be helping people change their lives by healing their trauma and reclaiming their authentic selves is another big aspect of what I do. I too. love that. This is so beautiful. Um, how much time did it take you to actually go from healing okay, I'm healed, you know, I'm good. And to understanding what it, where, where is it, where did, how did it come? What did it come yeah. from? How yeah. So, you know, for me, it was kind of, it was like trial by fire um, in a way, because I, I'm, I have healed in past tense for me, like I'm a lifelong healer. And so really what it was, was I was getting really frustrated with like, I was going to therapy, I was reading books, I was listening to podcasts and things weren't working. Like I wasn't seeing as much progress in my life that I wanted, which is when I was like, I'm going to take matters into my own hands oh, and yes. plunged deep into like psychology classes and like understanding okay. what was happening. Because although I was going to see a therapist, it was traditional talk therapy, like 
I just wasn't getting the tools I needed to actually support mm. the goal that I was aiming for. Yes. And so for me, it wasn't like I am feeling healed to seeing results. It was actually like a little bit more grit than that, where I was like, I want results. So what do I need to do? Yes. And as I, you know, so for me to answer your question, it took me a little bit longer because it was a lot of like, this tool doesn't work for me. This tool does work for me. Like, okay, how can I implement that? How can I integrate it? And so the long aspect of my healing journey, which I would say is about a year and a half was me just trying new tools. Okay. And then once I found the tools that worked for me, which really lie in nervous system regulation, my mm-hmm. life started to efficiently like change to the point point to where even who I am today, because, and I sure you understand this also being in this industry, like I practice what I preach. And so of course, yeah, yeah. that I've mastered it. It's like, I'm not who I was a month ago, let alone a year ago. It's like, because you elevate each time. Right. And so my clients make progress with me. A lot of my private clients say within six weeks, they're like, I feel like a different person. And it's because of the framework and the tools that I give them. So I hope that answers your question. It's kind of like story even make it even more impressive because um, not only you found the right tool that helped you, but you actually you keep on doing it and working with your clients to improve it. Yeah, which is which is which means that you are in a in a work in evolution continuously. And I think that's this is what leadership is. It's like you lead in the path. Yeah. 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 That's incredible. You said something very important, which is lifetime healing process. Yes. And, uh, you know, can you say more about it? Oh, my gosh. Honestly, this is a wonderful morning to say more about it because yesterday was a hard day for me. And I just posted this on an Instagram story. And it's like, I think I get so many survivors of abuse of various kinds that reach out to me and they're like, I never want to feel this way again. And Mm -hmm. I want to make space for honoring that and understanding that it it hurts. Like when you are at a point in your life where you are being mistreated, where you feel confused and hopeless, kind of in a chronic way, it feels really hard and honestly inaccessible to even think of a life where you wake up with a smile on your face and feeling Mm. gratitude, right? And so what I want everyone to understand about the healing journey is that healing doesn't equate to I'm never going to have uncomfortable emotions or I'm never going to be triggered again, or Mm -hmm. I'm never going. It's not that. And it's way more. I am empowered to deal with it. I am empowered to have my own back when those moments happen. I know exactly what I need and I don't feel any shame or guilt around prioritizing those needs, right? Like that is what healing is for me. And so, you know, I have this saying new level, new devil. And I really believe that healing is like, we, we heal, we, we master something, we plateau. And then another curveball comes and it's like, we heal through that. And then we plateau. Yeah, yeah. It. exactly. Yeah. And, and so yesterday, you know, I had, it was an interesting day because I had a few really lovely things that happened. Yes. And then I had like an ex reach out and I had this other thing happen. And, and so I had a lot of emotions coming up around business goals, personal things. And just, it was a lot all at once. Mm -hmm. And I felt my nervous system getting overwhelmed because I'm in touch with those signals. And I was like, okay, babe, like talking to myself, like, what do you need? 
And I gave myself permission to unplug. I gave myself permission to do the bare minimum things that my business and clients required of me while then completely unplugging from social media and saying the rest of the day is me and me alone. And I moved my body and I did my breath work and I got curious about what was happening for me. And now today I wake up and I'm like, because I gave myself that time to process, it's done. I I love that. You gave yourself the time and the space, right? Yes. Yes. You have to do that. Ah, this is so powerful. And I absolutely love it. And the thing I want to just let people know is like, when we don't honor that, that's when it becomes this week's been hard, this month's been hard, Mm -hmm. this year's been hard, because we aren't allowing our body and our, our minds and our souls to have the space they need to just feel the feeling, surrender to it and move through it. Let them go through. It's like you honor them, let them pass. Exactly. But when we are like, I don't have time for this. I can't make that happen. I, you know, that is when we repress it and it just churns in the body. And then we have that. You you multiply it to something else. It compounds to something even bigger. Yes, exactly. So this is so powerful. Yeah. That's healing to me. And, And you said it's so right, Alex, because there is no time you'll just come and say, you know what? I'm healed. Oh, it's gone. I'm done. Never. I wish, right? Like, can we can we develop that like a long form? I don't think it's even possible. No. Because I- the past, you never, you know, you, you will not erase the past. It will always be there. Yeah. But and you honestly, just relate to it differently. Yeah. Yeah. And when we when we think about I, I, I also really believe I'm getting a little emotional. I really yeah. believe that we are souls having a human experience for a purpose. Mm-hmm. And so when we you know, want to wave the magic wand and be like, I'm healed. I'm never going to be triggered. It's like, we're robbing ourselves of that human experience. Yes. It's not the emotions that are bad, right. Or, or, or mean some kind of thing. It really is just us being the creatures that we are. And when we can just love that aspect of ourselves, where it's like, you know, no one judges a dog for getting scared. No one judges a dog for getting like, we get it. We see them for the animals that they are. We are no different as humans. So it's like when we can just allow ourselves to be be. and to be emotional when you feel like it. Because it's okay. it is, it just, yeah. it's okay. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean you're crazy or too sensitive or emotional. No. You and just- it doesn't mean you. Yeah. And it doesn't reduce anything of your expertise, your excellence, your knowledge. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. This is such a beautiful, you know, uh, sentence. And for everyone to know, it is a fact. Yeah. It's like, let your emotions be. Yeah. Don't hide them. Yeah. Surrender, love them, love your emotions, because that's the way through them, you know. But you know, uh, this is beautiful, Alex. But a lot of time, people are scared of their emotions. Yeah, that's why it's hard. So, and yeah. meaning when you, you know, you know you work as a trauma coach, and uh, and how do you help them sit? Yeah. Say, tell me, it's okay. You'll survive. Just let them be. You yeah. know, recognize them and let them be. Yeah. So. It is, it, it, you know, we've been conditioned to be afraid of our emotions from a very young age, a- anger, especially, you know, mm-hmm. anger is anger is the most common emotion repressed by all genders. And the reason is because, you know, and, and this isn't, I don't, I please hear me. I'm not saying parents are bad. They just don't know what they don't know. Right. But yeah. as children, you know, if we have, if we get angry, right, we are put in timeout. We are told to go to our room. We're rejected, right? Don't mm-hmm. be that way. Don't throw the car, you know, the Hot Wheels car across the. You're not supposed the to be to do that. Right. Yeah. 
And mm-hmm. so when we do that to our children and if, you know, in a lot of parents, it's because we just don't know how to teach our children to label their emotions, nor do we know a lot of uh, adults, especially the generation that came before us. And then the generation before that, like therapy and like, that was like, so taboo, right? You were, yeah, you were yeah. crazy if you did that. Yeah. So, you don't even talk about it out loud, let alone on a live, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, we as children have this uh, a thought process of if I am angry, that means I will be rejected. If I am angry, that means I won't be accepted. If I am angry, that means I'm a problem. And so there's all these stories that, and I'm just using anger as one emotion. Part of my childhood trauma was I was actually mocked for crying. Um, I had a parent who would say, do it for the camera, like just completely mocking and belittling. And yeah. And so I also assigned all of those stories to sadness too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you have these little experiences where by no fault of your own in, and honestly, the, then the parents own issues and in their own condition, it's not even their fault because they're that way. And so it's like, when we have these experiences, we start to repress emotions at a very young, young age. Whereas, and this is like science-based too. And when we can teach our children, like what, what emotion are you feeling? And they can label it. Like I'm feeling frustrated. I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling sad. And then we can give them tools. And this is where I come in with the trauma work with my clients is like, let's befriend the anger. You know, like, obviously we don't want to use our anger to lash out at someone, but how else can we manage our anger in a healthy way? And this is like punching pillows, screaming in your car. I have my blanket, you know, this is why I have a blanket with me at all times. It's like, we can pull on materials that we know, you know, but it's really just that energy go for a run, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and really when I give them tools, let it out. Exactly. Just let that rage out. You know? Express like externally allows Ex- emotion to mm-hmm. exist, you know? And so I, I, you know, for anyone who's feeling their feelings and you're like, how can I get out of it? That's the way out of it. Now, if even we have a comment here that says, listen into oneself, is that one of the tools that, you know? Yeah. It's like how, when you recognize that you're in an emotional state, the steps I, I like to say are one, get curious about how you can tell you're feeling that emotion. So like, If you can say, oh, I'm angry, how can you tell you're angry, right? If I'm anxious, how can I tell I'm anxious? And then two, Mm -hmm. once we can label the manifesting in the body, like the somatic experience of it, then allow yourself to externally process. And then Mm -hmm. from there, ideally, you regulate the nervous system again to come back into stasis, which are Mm -hmm. things like breath work and tapping and grounding and cold exposure. So there's, it's a real, I could go on all day just about this one question. No, this is fascinating. And then it's please, little yeah. tools, you know, yeah. like, like, this is incredible. Yeah. yeah it's on, it's we have a lot of rage that yeah. we carry. So yeah. much. We don't yeah. even recognize what it is coming from. No. But, yeah. yeah. So like, how do you, a lot of people, I mean, you see it, people are angry in the street, in everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so do you link that to always an episode of trauma somewhere in their lives? I am of the personal belief system that everything is trauma. Like I really, because trauma is so subtle. And I think that's another like uneducated thing in the, in the world is like, people think I used to do think this too. Trauma only comes from like acute trauma, like fair warning. And if this is like trigger warning, everyone, like 
rape, muggings, shootings, like those are abuse. Yes, of course. But trauma can also be like a parent not managing their emotions, or yeah. denying or making fun of your emotions or just mm-hmm. inconsistent care, right, can be a trauma. And so- this is important because what you want to say is for a child, it amplifies, right? When a child lives through that yeah. at a young age, it becomes huge. It becomes like the monster. Yeah, because as that child has that childhood trauma that's at a young age of five, six, whatever, it compounds because now they go into their, you know, out of like their toddler years with the same conditioning and they replay that cycle. So it's Mm -hmm. like a lot of what we see pattern wise in our adult years, we can, if we really take the time to sit with it, it's like, I've been playing this cycle out since the second grade. You know what I mean? Oh, yes. (laughs) Even before we all did somehow, somewhere. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, when it comes to, to trauma, I just want people to understand that there's all these different varying, you know, forms of trauma from acute trauma to little t trauma. Now, I have ADHD and already forgot the question. Can you let me know where we're going yeah, with this? About the trauma, it's like when everywhere you see a lot of people yes. very enraged and, you know, right. angry and you're like, can there be more love in the street and around us? And so this is Again, because yes, I'm I'm of the mindset that when I see someone on the street having an episode or like, I also live in an area where there's a lot of drug abuse. And it's like, I know that people reach for those coping mechanisms, because it's a way to avoid the feelings that are coming up because they're so again, we're back to the feelings here. Yeah. Yeah. And so when it happens, like when I see this happening in, in our own, my own life, like my own self-sabotage, I'm always getting curious because it's like, I know this is trauma. Where did I learn this from? Right. What are the thoughts and feelings I've assigned to this situation, mm-hmm. this goal? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like I really believe that love, which is the antidote to everything, like it oh, yeah. really is. It's the oh, antidote. Yeah everything. Mm -hmm. But love can be a very scary emotion to experience, whether you're giving it or receiving love, when it has been a a point of abuse in the past where people who are supposed to love you don't. And it starts with parents and caregivers, Mm -hmm. and it goes into friendships, and it goes into romantic relationships, right? And so... So we link it to very difficult emotions. So we stay away from it. Yes. And this is a lot of the like survivors of narcissistic abuse for, and I, again, speaking from personal experience, I used to equate high highs and low lows as love because that's what was modeled to me. Like my narcissistic parent would scream at me, you know, like very unsafe environment. You know, I did have a lot of, uh, you know, uh, spanking. So would the belt and the wooden spoon and stuff like that. So it would go from like being that kind of environment to like the next day, it's like, Hey, you want to skip school and go to Starbucks with me? Like, so there was this really That's weird. That's how they forgive themselves by exactly. treating them nicely. It's love, yeah. It's a love. It's like, a, it's like you were in a swing. Exactly. And so you're, because you're, that severity with my relationship with my parent, I subconsciously sought out those severe swings with yeah, my because you look for the pattern. You're going to repeat the same patterns in your and life. To me, that was love. That's all I knew. And so when I would have a date with someone who was conscious and secure and didn't want to make me guess where I stood with them, and there wasn't that giant pendulum. You would run away because you're I, not used to it. Yeah, I was like, you're weird. Like, you're what weird. is that? You're nice. Wow. You must be a weak person. I also assigned it with weakness because of the type of, thought conditioning because around. you link it to authority so it's like the authority and I was mocked for my emotions and so if someone was emotional with me 
I wasn't, you know, I was emotionally unavailable to myself because I was told emotions are weak and, mm -hmm. and you're too sensitive and you're too needy. So repress, repress, repress. And so if someone else would bring their emotions to me, I was emotionally unavailable mm -hmm. to them. And mm -hmm. so, so much of trauma work on just processing the past, like, yes, that's one of it. But the other half of this, this cycle is reclaiming my emotions, who I am, what my needs are, what my desires are, because I wasn't allowed to have them. Mm -hmm. And then on how do I receive love? How do I feel safe receiving love? Because yeah. that's a foreign concept to so many people, you know? Yeah, because we forget that we deserve the just nice and soft and gentle love. Yeah. 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 And so this can even show up as like using humor as a defense mechanism too. Is oh, like yeah. sarcasm and humor. Yeah. Even when someone's like, so I, this is actually a great example that I was talking about on my podcast and we analyze on and reality. Congratulations. I know you have one year now on your podcast. That's yeah. amazing. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I'm so going to drop the link for whoever wants to uh, listen to you. Okay. It's cool. Apple's, was it, it's an Apple? Yeah. And Spotify. Yeah. Spotify. Okay. Yeah. That's amazing. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so what's really fun about my podcast is, you know, my best friend's a licensed therapist. We've known each other since we were 11, but we unpack right now we're doing love is blind and we're about to do the ultimatum on Netflix, but we utilize these reality shows to educate on healthy versus toxic relationship. Wow. Behavior. And, and so, you find out what's yeah, happening. So much. So, ah, much. It's so, so it's a lot of unhealthy. Really. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, think about the type of personality who's attracted to be on TV. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but the problem is that all our young teenagers and young women oh, yeah. are watching yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And for me okay. too, I fell prey to it because I would glorify the wrong things because that's what Hollywood wants us to glorify. So, you know, I, um, we were talking about this on the show, but there is, and occasionally there's some actually really conscious, amazing people. So there were a few on this last season of love is blind, but the point okay. that I'm trying to make here is that one of the men expresses his love for his partner through singing. Okay. I feel really like me personally, if someone was going to sing to me, that would make me feel like that's something I need to work on receiving because to you me, can't. it's too much. It feels a little too much. Right. And so no, you, I think it would feel too much for everyone, unless you're uh, Romeo and Juliet or whatever. And his partner, his partner loves it. The one he chose in this experiment. She loves it. She'll li she listens. She, she applauds it. She is thankful and grateful she for it. it. She, she fully it. receives it. And so we were talking about like, you know, cause I, I feel icky. Like I'm like, Oh no, that's like, just it's too much. but a lot of people would maybe poke fun as like a, Oh my gosh, you're so cute. Look at your songwriter dorky self and like gently poke fun at their partner because that is also a form of blocking the receptivity of it because it's That's like, right. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to belittle mock, even if it's not coming from a malicious place, it's just, right. they are uncomfortable. And so to poke, so that's how they express it. This is incredible, which means that you not only understand how the person is not ready to receive love and care and attention, but she becomes mean because she wants to protect herself from right. that horrible feelings. Yeah. 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 That's why. And that helps you forgive people. It does. And yourself, because it's like now yes. and yourself, let's mm. say that happened. And it has happened recently, actually, because like the guy I'm seeing, um, yeah. it's still very early days, but it's been a wonderful dating experience with him. But he loves karaoke. Okay. And <laughs> <laughs> I think so to you. 
Yeah. And so actually we were playing like a really fun card game where the prompt was he had to sing a chorus for me. And I, I actually practiced this in real time where I could feel the discomfort come up. Okay. I using You're like, it's okay. Exactly. I was able to receive it and say like, oh my God, like that's so sweet. You did so good. And like support him and reinforce him instead of letting my sabotage come out. Yeah, and sabotaging him. Yeah, exactly. Wow, you're great, and you celebrate yourself <laughs> when you do that because you're like, oh, I did it. Yeah, did it. exactly. Yeah, and that's incredible. But you know, it's amazing that you 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 mention things that we take for granted and we kind of want to ignore, mm-hmm. but in reality, we feel very uncomfortable receiving things. And I think the receiving part comes always from a trauma in our past because we don't know how to receive we, no. we just don't know no. and and a lot of women that's a lot of their big issues is really being able to to welcome things you know yeah. like you, you're beautiful just say thank you sometime you're like no i am just did my hair that's why i'm like okay i'm just sitting there and we don't, we're not even able to yeah. receive compliments yeah uh, right. it changes your work is so powerful i love this yeah. It really is. <laughs> Thank you. I love what I do. I'm, I feel like I'm spoiled, you know, like it's such an honor to, to see people come into my world feeling one way and leaving feeling the complete opposite. You know what I mean? Like it's so, oh, I know that. it's so empowering. It really is. Yes. Yeah. You know, this industry, I think that's what it has. The most fulfilling part of it is really that. And when you're genuinely doing things because you care. Yeah, it's like it's it, you feel full at the end of the day and so happy and so ready to do more and to learn more, yeah. to share more. Yeah, yeah. exactly. 100%. And uh, here's you. Uh, you have a beautiful comment. Thank you, Diane, for. Yeah, yeah, I know, Alex, you're just so full of energy. I'm loving it. You really are. And, yeah. yeah, because you so connected with what you do. And that's the spark. Thank you. you. Yeah. Because you're yeah. young. You started yeah. young and you are all this success. So what do you think that's driving you? Is it the love for what you do? Is it uh, the fact that each time you grow through your work? What's that? I think it's two things. I I think, oof, I might get a little teary-eyed. So thanks guys in advance. <laughs> I think part of what fuels me is, is little me. Mm. Like six-year-old me would be flabbergasted at the life that I've created for myself now and so proud of me. So proud. And just, yeah. And so it's like, I do this for her and I do this for the other children of, of narcissistic parents and the other survivors of narcissistic partnerships who feel so alone and just confused and broken and like, is it ever going to get better? Like, there's just this sense of like hopelessness that can come up when you are deep in the thick of your trauma And so I do it for that, uh, for them and for that part of me. And I also do it for the people in my world that I see right now who are getting off of Xanax prescriptions because their anxiety is under control now. The people who are having healthy partnerships and telling me they're giving me a wedding invite if they end up getting engaged because they've left their narcissistic ex, learned how to eat consciously and are actually reclaiming healthy Mm -hmm. partnerships for themselves. Um, and so it's just like, see the full breadth of it all from A to Z is just like, how can I not, I, I I don't know how I can't stay plugged in. Like, it's just the most amazing 
witnessing experience to have. I absolutely love this. And because you're doing it so beautifully also. I mean, I think the most important things is to take the time to understand oneself and get the tools so that you can project that and grow together. And I always say that about mentorship and, and you know, this industry, this industry, there is a power to it when, when you have the tools and you're ready to listen to the other person and the other person is is ready to be mentored to yeah. change their life. So it goes both ways. Absolutely. And creating that connection is the most beautiful, rewarding thing yeah. for both, right? For you as a mentor and for the other person as, uh, as the mentee. Mm-hmm. I, I love this. I mean, you are beautiful and your work is so valuable and so powerful, really. I mean, and, and I think the, your work goes beyond what you, the niche you say, because it does. Yeah. It really, I mean, I think the description of the people you, dis- you work with, it really everybody, because, yeah. you know, there is so much frustration mm-hmm. out there. There is. Yeah. Um, There's an answer to it all. There really is. Yeah. And that frustration comes with a lot of disappointment and, you know, some people get triggered and come back to anything that was trauma in that life. Yeah. Yep. That's right. That's right. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Lilia. Yeah. Thank you. Beautiful. So what would you like to say as a closing words? And uh, for people who wants to connect with Alex, uh, the link is on the description of the live today. There is also your podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. I just want anyone out there who's going through it. Like one, I want you to know you're not alone. I, you know, I was talking to a friend about this yesterday because I, the other part of my story of a challenging day yesterday is I had a friend reach out for some relationship stuff that he's going through with his wife. And I had this conversation with him is like, we, when you are, when you are self-isolating because of some heavy stuff that you're carrying, I want you to know that, yes, you may feel alone. And at the same time, you're also not like so many of us feel alone because we're too scared to be vulnerable and honest with what's coming up. And that becomes the self-fulfilling prophecy of the loneliness. And I just want you, everyone out there to know, no matter what you're going through, there's other people on this planet having the same feelings and emotions and thoughts that, that you are, and we are in it together. And when we band together and do this work together, the ripple effect is very real and it completely transforms our lives, starting with our own inner world and landscape. And so I just want everyone to like be comforted and like know that there's resources out there for you. And that the day that you have that I am in this for me because of not only what it will create for you, but the life that it will create outside of you, you are, you are a one quantum leap away from, from a life that you thrive in, like really. This is beautiful. Thank you so much for your energy, your presence, for sharing this message that is so powerful to everyone, for giving hope to hopelessness, because that's what it is really. Uh, People that feel stuck and feel that, you know, you can live other ways. No, everybody deserves to be loved. Everybody deserves to be appreciated. Everybody deserves to be cared for. And I think this is the most powerful. We are born, all of us. Yeah. Just spiritually perfect, deserving everything. This is the most powerful message. Thank you, Alex. Thank you for your work. Of course. And thank you for 
sharing your beautiful gift with everyone. Thank you, everyone, for being with us. This is such a beautiful session. I love your energy. And, all the, you know, it's like it's so empowering to everyone because there is hope and you can create the most beautiful success story like Alex this with her life and you are she and you are showing the light for so many. Bye, everyone, and I'll see you soon. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.